strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. As we move along in the final hour of the show, we talk about the economy, a couple of different areas. First, we talk about uh, gas prices. We also got to talk about inflation and what's happening and put the two of them side by side. So uh, for, let's go back to something we played earlier. This is Patrick DeHaan saying that this what's happening with what OPEC is doing, a reduction of two million barrels of oil per day is going to have a dramatic effect on oil prices. And this is how it's going to affect everyone, he said. It will affect in the end all of us. By somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to 30 cents a gallon. But in some regions, you won't notice it, basically in the West Coast and the Great Lakes and Plain States. But you will notice it pushing prices up rather soon in areas like the South, the East Coast, and Northeast, along with the Rockies. Now I want to give you another statistic. I'm going to put these side by side. I have talked about the economy and the disappointment and the inflation that all of us are feeling. Food prices, gas prices, but everything, all the necessities have gone up in price dramatically, whether it's vehicles, whatever it is. We've seen an increase in almost every sector in in huge numbers, highest in over 40 years for inflation. But the bright spot to our economy has been the employment market. Jobs have been available. Wages have been pretty high and and sustained. Um, Here's what's coming. Economists watch weekly jobless claims as a broader indicator of layoffs. And in the week ending October 1st, 219,000 people submitted their paperwork for the first time. That's an increase of 29,000 from the week before, but it's still very close to the lowest numbers recorded before the pandemic began. So there's good news mixed in there with well, as well as that the job numbers still remain strong, but they are starting to see a weakening with jobless claims going up. This is where I, I would say my biggest criticisms of this administration have been, which is with not getting in front of something, waiting and reacting far too long. Uh, the analogy I've used, and I know it, it, it's maybe a bit morbid, but is is when you're being treated for an illness, especially an illness like cancer, Um when you're being treated for an illness like cancer, everybody understands that early intervention is the best way to be successful in treatment and have the least invasive treatment. The earlier they can catch it, which is why they tell women, get breast uh, breast exams done. And they tell men, get prostate exams and get checked for colon cancer and all these other screenings that you do. Why? They w- Because early intervention leads to much more success and it has to be a lot less invasive to fix the problem. When something is caught later, it costs a lot more. I'm no genius. This is just, this makes common sense. And what this administration has done from inflation to everything else, they have started way too late. And so when once they get moving, why do you think, what, three quarters of a point just a couple of weeks ago, another jump in the interest rates? And they're saying that in this in this year still, probably after the election, they're going to have to do another three quarters of a point. They're also predicting they're probably going to have to do some kind of a raise in interest rates in 2023 as well. And then a leveling off they're hoping by 2024. That is a late start to a problem. And when everybody says this is a worldwide problem and all of these other excuses, I don't have to deny it. There's no denying that there's issues across the world. But what are you doing to mitigate the damage? So I say that because here we are now starting to see a slowing in the job sector. And there are going to be contributing factors to what will happen that could make it worse and I think will. At the very same time that we are seeing a slowdown in hiring, more people filing jobless claims, it's not falling off a cliff. We still have very high employment numbers, but we are about to see 
a dramatic increase in taxes, which is coming, they say, to the wealthy. We've got 87,000 more IRS agents being hired, which means compliance with IRS and, and taxes is going to go up for companies. That's going to, even the companies that do it the right way, it's going to cost them more money. Don't believe for a moment they're only going after people that make over $400,000 a year. That's a fantasy. They're going to come after the average people as well. There's a lot of word out there. If you're in a cash business, if you work for rideshare, you have what was known as so a lot of people call it a side hustle. But if you're out there getting money and making money on apps, online, cash, they are coming after you too. So at a time where jobs will be harder to find, you're going to be on the hook. And I believe all of these are going to play a role. It's so funny that you can't say as a as an administration that our policies are going to make America better. And then when it doesn't, say our policies had nothing to do with it. This administration, this president, was elected by the American people making promises of prosperity for all. And the very groups of people that they were saying weren't prospering. And I'm not going to lay it just as his, at his feet, but leadership in the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi, do you remember during the Trump tax cuts when they kept screaming about how wealthy companies were getting tax cuts? And uh, the the employees were getting the scraps. So employees were getting bonuses and raises, and there was a better economy for everybody, is my opinion. But what they were saying is, well, no, wait a minute. The lion's share of these tax cuts have gone to the rich, and you got $1,000. Well, guess how much your boss got? How could you possibly be happy with $1,000? You got the table scraps. So they we hired a new guy. We bought somebody in who was going to bolster the middle class. That's been the promise. Well, I'd say it's been the promise of both parties, but it's been the promise of this party and this administration for decades. Joe Biden has been in the Congress for almost as long as I've been alive, and their promise has always been to bolster and improve the middle class. And if I were a Republican running for an office right now, which I'm never going to be, um, I should never say never because it'll come back to haunt me, but I cannot em- envision a scenario. Scenario where I'd be running for office. But if I were a candidate, or better yet, if I were advising a candidate, I would be doing exactly what Ronald Reagan did when he debated Jimmy Carter days before the presidential election. Ronald Reagan looked at everybody and said, if you're better off now than you were four years ago, if it's easier for you to fill your gas tank, if it's cheaper to go to the grocery store, if it's easier to find a job, if all of these things are better now than they were four years ago, you have someone right here you can vote for. But if it isn't, if it isn't better, I am providing an option, a different direction. And that's exactly what every Republican candidate should be screaming right now. If you're better off than you were two years ago, keep voting the way you voted. If you're looking to go in a different direction, start voting for other people. And I'm anxious to see how it plays out. It's going to be an interesting ride moving forward. We're very close to this election. That debate tonight is going to be fascinating, I'm sure. Uh, Coming up in a moment, every day at 1120. Uh, we do this thing called Did You Hear This? It's coming up to inform you on the biggest news stories of the day, so stick around for it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Can't believe we're this late in the week, but it's still busy. Let's do it. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. 
A federal judge has ruled on the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. The appeals court upheld an earlier ruling that the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program is not legal. This latest ruling lets the more than 600,000 Dreamers stay in the program but blocks any new applications. What do you think will happen to DACA? Well, it's going away. I don't think DACA is going to be preserved and the executive action by the president is in jeopardy on any level. So I think this is going to have to motivate some negotiation. We know that the Democrats have been saying the Dreamers have to be taken care of which and, and, and protected, which I agree with. But it's going to motivate them to negotiate on border security because Republicans now know that they are going to need to pass legislation to protect the Dreamers, which means they need some Republican support, especially in the Senate. And in order to get it, they're going to get some border security measures. So I think this is a first step toward a negotiation that will get some comprehensive things done to not only fix this problem for the Dreamers, but immigration as a whole. Maybe I'm a wishful thinker, but I think that's what's coming. Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy talks about the possible messages OPEC may have been trying to send with its announcement yesterday. Potentially could be signaling more agreement with Russia, which was also pushing for production cuts. So it's very interesting timing, especially ahead of the midterms. It's not impossible that OPEC, knowing Americans are very sensitive to gas prices, could be trying to send a political message as well. How could this affect our midterm elections? Well, you know, people vote with their wallets and the president is, uh, although his poll numbers have improved a little, bit. The president does very poorly when it comes to the economy and inflation. The American people don't think his policies are working and helping them with inflation. So if we see gas prices, which we're going down, if we see them start to jump back up, especially when you're talking over five bucks a gallon here in the Phoenix area, you're going to have more and more people kind of shrug their shoulders and say this is time for a change. And they may vote against the incumbent party in the White House just to make sure there's some checks and balances in D.C., which could bode well for Republicans. And I think If there is a shift, this certainly isn't going to help the president or his party. It can only hurt them. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big headlines. The Labor Department Department reported a jump in jobless claims. In the week ending October 1st, 219,000 people submitted their paperwork for the first time. That's an increase of 29,000 from the week before, but it's still very close to the lowest numbers recorded before the pandemic began. Will we continue to see a trend in rising jobless claims? Unfortunately, I think we will. I, I think when you see the retail sector being soft on hiring at the very best at a time when retail, the retail world, you know, ramps up for the holiday season, that's an indicator. I think uh, major corporations are not going to be as willing to spend money to expand. It's going to be more expensive to borrow money. They're going to want to keep cash on hand. They're going want to be a little leaner at the things they do. So I think we're going to see a slowdown in hiring. And I do unfortunately think in some sectors we're going to see some layoffs. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen spoke at the Center for Global Development in D.C. today and addressed the economy and climate change. Treasury is announcing a new nearly billion-dollar contribution to the Clean Technology Fund, and the Biden administration remains committed to boosting international climate financing to over $11 billion by 2024. What do you think about this announcement? Um, (laughs) 
I think it's more proof of what I've been saying all along is that this administration focuses solely on uh, climate change as the most important issue. Doesn't matter what's happening with the with the economy. If you look at what they've done recently with trying to restrict exports from gas and oil companies here in the U.S., which they are saying is going to drive up prices. You see them trying to restrict natural gas, or I should say natural resources or fossil fuels, and at the same time giving billions of dollars into this clean energy sector. And no matter what's happening with our economy, this is just a more, a bigger commitment on, doesn't surprise me, but it does disappoint me. They're not slowing down. Yeah, we're going to talk about this almost one $1 billion investment. Uh, we'll talk about this later on in the show. I think it's, I, I do believe that this is a big story. And it further, when I say to you that the number one issue for this administration is um, climate change, there is no doubt that that's the case. Now, there are some people that agree with that, but the acknowledgement by everyone has to be that that's what this is. So at a time when the White House was saying the way that they're avoiding a recession and the best way to fight a recession is with these big deficit reductions. And all the cut to the deficit they've done. And then they commit all this money to student loan forgiveness, saying we're going to use some of the money that we saved. And now they're doing this in this in what they're calling a clean technology fund. Um, And it's going to uh, accelerate this transition from coal power to clean energy. Um, I, I think it's poorly timed. That's just my personal opinion, but it does not surprise me at all. Coming up in a moment, we are going to expand on what happened with DACA. The question has been asked, what next for the dreamers? We'll try to answer it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Stevie Wonder. If you, hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, do it right now. We, um, we'd love to have you download the podcast. Easy to do on any uh, platform that you have. And I want to thank my friend Carol Royce, Carol Williams Realty East Valley for the sponsorship this week. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Um, been a big topic today. I've, I, I rarely speak about a topic every hour of the show, uh, but this one I think is big enough. I think that because we're a border state, because so many of the dreamers live here in Arizona, I think this is a big topic as Americans. We got to do some soul searching. And it, it is about these young men and women. It is about them wanting to be, um, even though they feel it in their hearts that they're Americans, having some security and protection, knowing that they are legally protected under American law. And I think because of what's happened, we as Americans need to do it. Uh, I think that is what an American does. We acknowledge if we've and we've been good to the dreamers and and their families by allowing them to stay. I think that was a good uh, that was a kind thing for America to do. But in doing that and then not fixing their status, meaning when you become an adult, you are still technically an illegal immigrant into this country. Then you now are stopping them from certain types of employment and other things. Um, I've gone down the road earlier today about where I said there has to be a trade-off because I know so many immigrants that have come to this country and done it the right way. I understand the plight. I get it. It's I'm not heartless, but we have to have a set of rules. Yesterday, the analogy I used was someone that shoplifted. When you call everybody a migrant – When everybody is lumped together and they're just called migrants, we do a disservice to the people that have done it the right way. And here's why. Because you wouldn't have somebody that went into a grocery store and shoplifted and call them a customer. 
Not everybody's a customer. One's a shoplifter. The other's a customer. Now that's, and again, there's a difference. You catch somebody stealing a package of steaks from a, from a, from a grocery store. That's one thing. You see a single mother stealing diapers or baby formula because she can't feed her kids. It's still a crime. It's still wrong. You handle it differently. You view it differently. So this is definitely nuanced. There are a lot of people that came to this country the wrong way, but for noble reasons. There's no doubt that that exists. And there are also – we all know it exists that there are people that came to this country the wrong way for the wrong purposes. We have to acknowledge both exist. So what do we do that's fair? What do we do that's as close to equitable as possible? And I will tell you that in my opinion, there has to be a price to be paid. For the dreamers, for their parents, bringing them here illegally. I've talked about in-state tuition being, I think that's a fair trade-off. They have to pay out-of-state tuition. Their children will have in-state tuition, but they don't. But even if it's not that, there has to be an acknowledgement that you're an American. You're an American. You were raised an American. You're a contributor to America. You're going to work. You're going to prosper. You're going to pay taxes. You're going to raise a family. You're going to be an American. But what do we say to the families that did it the right way, that spent the time and spent the money and made the sacrifice to become an American? They went through the visa and the green card process. They went through the naturalization process. They swore the oath. They passed the tests. They did all of that. How do you say to people that did it the wrong way that your children are going to get the exact same rights that these children have? It does not seem fair to me. So what do we do now? Because what's happened with the DREAM Act, because it's now gone, a federal judge is getting rid of it. If it goes to the Supreme Court, it's probably going to get upheld in, in every way that things are challenged. It's going to be held up. So what happens next? And I think what has to happen needs to begin with us, needs to begin with voters and that we want we don't want to do this again. You know, the two million encounters in one year, we can argue till till the cows come home that it, that it's Biden's fault or it's not Biden's fault. It happened on Biden's watch. What we should be arguing about is what do we do to prevent it from happening so that our children, our grandchildren, again, my 11 year old grandson in 10 years when he's part of the voting public, he's not concerned about this issue. It should be taken care of. This may be an opportunity. The two sides, one that's a border security hawk and the other is comprehensive immigration reform hawks, and they want to get together because now they realize there are real human beings that are hanging in the balance. So you've got the Democrats that are going to say we need to immediately get a bill passed that takes care of the dreamers, and then we can negotiate and we can talk about all the other stuff later. That's that's not the way business is done in Washington, and they're going to make it seem like an issue where you've got Republicans politicizing. I'm writing the headlines. You know this is what's coming. All of us should tell them, fix it once and for all. Fix it. Let's make it so that good people that want to come to this country and work have a guest worker program. As long as jobs are available that Americans aren't doing, they can contribute to our economy. They can fix the economy in their own country. That's the other part of this that's so frustrating. The administration said early on when the vice president was tasked with fixing this problem and then disappeared, it was she was going to visit these countries in Central America. She was going to visit Mexico. And we as a nation were going to spend billions of dollars giving money to the governments in these Central American countries so that those countries could bolster their own economies and stop the incentive for people to leave their country and come here. That's just ridiculous. What we could do is have a guest worker program where they could earn money here and send it home. They can make a living here, 
bolster our economy, especially in the construction sector as far as I'm concerned. They could bolster our economy here and then send money home, bolster the economies where they're from. They could abide by our rules and have a visa that can be enforced. It would reduce the pressure at the border. It would stop Border Patrol or CBP and ICE from having to interdict people that are coming here for truly legitimate reasons. They could focus on the crime. They could focus on the drugs. But in addition to a guest worker program, how about then making sure that we have enough immigration reform where good families that want to be citizens of this country have an opportunity for a pathway that is reasonable. We get rid of chain migration. We get rid of these visa lotteries. And we really say to people, if you are good people, honest people that want the American dream, not just wealthy, no, people that want to live the American dream, we open the door and say, here's the process. It's not going to take as long as it did before. And you've got no reason to come illegally. And finally, if you come illegally, we catch you crossing the border and you're crossing illegally. The new system is this. You automatically go to the back of the line. And if you're caught coming into this country twice illegally, you never get an opportunity or there's a 10-year suspension or whatever it is to stop incentivizing people from coming here the wrong way. Secure the border and those issues. Now, I'm coming off. I'm not coming off the top of my head with this, but I'm also I'm I'm spitballing in a sense that there's not a lot of detail in this. But really dial in the details. Here's how we best take away the incentives for people to come illegally. Then we secure the border as best we can to prevent people that are still trying to come illegally as best as we can. And then we come up with reasonable solutions so that good people that want to come here have a pathway to either work or a pathway to be citizens. And we can solve this problem. But it's going to have to be people in the Congress that are not only willing to work across the aisle, but aren't going to get hung politically hung by their party because they dare work across the aisle. That when you have a Republican that says we are going to work with Democrats, we're going to come up with a solution that includes this phrase, comprehensive immigration reform, which in some Republican circles is a death sentence to your political career. And on the opposite side of the aisle, Democrats have come to the table and say, we have to beef up border security and stop people from coming here illegally. That's a death sentence in some sectors of the Democratic Party that both parties understand you need to work together. They don't work together a lot of times, not because they don't want to, but because they know their base won't let them. They will never get reelected if they work across the aisle. That attitude needs to stop, especially on this issue. No one's asking about you compromising your principles. They're saying that you have to give to get, and this issue should be so big that they're willing to do a little bit of both. We'll see. Uh, Janet Yellen made an announcement about uh, the Treasury loan for clean technology and the Clean Technology Fund. Before I close it out, we're going to talk about how this connects to the economy and the things we've already been talking about. We'll get to that coming up in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. I know this is going to be controversial. One of my top three Michael Jackson songs of all time. I don't know. I just because of all of the hits that he's had, Thriller and everything else, this song, Rock With You, is one of my all-time favorite songs by him. You know? And so if you go down the list of hits, I don't know that this would be people's top three, but it's definitely got to be my top three for sure. Anyway, uh, thanks for being here. 
Um, before we close out the show, I have maintained for a long time that the Biden administration sees everything through the prism of climate change. And there is nothing more important to this administration than climate change, man-made climate change. I don't agree with it in principle, but I certainly don't agree with it in timing either. And I'll give you an example. Monica Yellen. Uh, did I say Monica Yellen again? Janet Yellen uh, from Treasury uh, came out with a statement saying that a $950 million Treasury loan to the Clean Technology Fund to accelerate the transition from coal power to clean energy. Um, what are you doing to the fossil fuel industry? I mean this sincerely. We have been doing news stories now for a very long time saying that the fossil fuel industry is is feeling threatened because they are threatened, that they are getting rid of a lot of these industries. We just had um, – we were talking about a tribe recently that said there's there is a double standard and the Biden administration is riddled with hypocrisy because they have coal mines on their tribal land. And they are saying, listen, we are doing things the right way. We're making money the right way by leasing this land to the coal mining companies. They're doing it the right way. They're not damaging damaging the land. They're not damaging the environment. We are being enriched by this. We're having our bills paid by this. And you're doing everything you can to change it. The other news stories we've been talking about is because of oil, natural gas, and coal. The huge increase in prices that you've seen in those three areas are going to cause the heating bills for families to go up in huge numbers this winter. So you've got people there were inflation in every sector is killing them. They've got this. And so what they're saying is that, well, this is moving that transition where people won't have to spend so much money and be so reliant on fossil fuels and all this other stuff. Well, that's a possibility. That is absolutely a possibility. But what's wrong with the, that picture is in the short term, you are going to you are going to starve families. There are going to be families this winter that otherwise wouldn't be in this predicament that will be in the position where they have to choose between warm their family and feeding their family. And that's going to be a real decision for people. And you put people in that position with policy. And I'm sorry, there are some things outside of control of this White House. This is one of them that they have control of. This is one of the areas that the White House has a policy say in. $950 million is not that much money compared to other stuff that they do. But it's the idea that you are further pushing away and alienating the fossil fuel industry at a time where you still rely on them. We're going to Venezuela. We're asking for oil. Why aren't we asking for it from the American companies? Why aren't you making it easier for production from the American companies? Why aren't you incentivizing the updating, upgrading, repairing, reopening of refineries so that we can fuel our own vehicles here for as long as we need to? You could drive down the price of diesel just by doing that. You could drive down the price of fuel just by incentivizing that. They've done exactly the opposite. And as long as they continue to do that, this, we are going to pay for it. Now, even if they're right, which there's no way they are about this transition by 2035, there's no way it happens that quickly. Talk about 15 years, 15 years from now, 15 years from now, I'll be 70 years old. I'll be 70 years old. Even if they did it in 15 years, in 15 years, my grandkids will be of working age, even if they are able to get that done by then. What good is it going to do for this generation? What good is it going to do? I'm 55 years old. I live alone. But what about people that have families? What about people that have families that are saying the Biden administration has these lofty goals and I'm paying for it? 
I can't put gas in my vehicle. I can't heat my home. It's costing me too much money to eat. And you're further going after the oil companies and telling them within 15 years you're going to be out of business. But we want you to produce more. We want you to fix your refineries. And we want you to make sure we have lower prices, lower your profits. It's foolish. It is absolutely foolish. And yet, that's what the policies are. So I figured I'd close with that again. More proof that climate change is what they focus on in this administration with a $950 million loan for clean energy. Um, just about out of time, social media users, this is when I tell you how you find me. At Broomhead, K-T-A-R on Twitter is my personal account. At Broomhead Show updates you on what's happening, guests and otherwise on the show. And Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. Keep in touch with me between shows. We'd love to do that. We're back tomorrow morning, beginning just after 8 a.m. Have a great day, everyone. God bless.